Fire from Farster, a podcast that talks about all the different ways you can help your print business lead the way. In each episode, we'll cover a range of topics such as the latest and greatest technologies for printers, industry trends, and knowledge that can help you run your business faster and smarter. So here we go. Hello and welcome to uh, today's uh, episode of the Inspire podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Um, uh, quite an interesting topic for us to talk about today, actually. We uh, wanted to talk about um, uh, the flexible working, remote working, uh, and working from home, as you will, um, especially since the, the, the impact of, of, dare I say that word, the, the COVID-19, um, which has really, I guess, brought it to the forefront of, of everybody's minds um, and, 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 I guess, changed the way of working for a lot of people. Um, so I'm really pleased to be joined today by uh, Graham Wind, who's one of the, uh, the te- technical director for uh, CNC uh, and specialises uh, very much in this kind of area, helping businesses uh, with their uh, IT infrastructure, um, but also uh, in, in, in setting up um, the, the right environment for uh, being able to, to work from home. So uh, Graham, thank you very much for, for joining us today. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Good to be here. So, Graham, yeah, maybe maybe you could uh, just tell us a little bit before we dive into this. Um, I'm sure people would be interested to know a little bit more about 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 yourself and and what it is CNC do. Could could you kind of uh, give us a bit of an introduction? Okay, so CNC we're a we're a, an IT uh, MSP based on the south coast near Brighton. Um, we basically provide IT outsourced services to a variety of different companies, but we do have a specialist area working with Tharston in the printing industry as well. So we've got quite a lot of uh, long-term experience, I'd say, of, of that particular industry and those particular challenges that it presents. So, um, you know, we provide help desk support, installation support, and so we partner with many other companies as well. Um, so we we see kind of all different types of IT challenges and we try and overcome them for customers. Yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, and and I guess uh, so. You know, over the last uh, twelve months, then Graham, uh, have you seen quite a uh, a demand in in the um, in, in businesses wanting to uh, you know set up for, for for remote working? Have you seen COVID have an impact? Uh, massively. I mean, March mm. last year, just sort of the week before the restrictions were announced and and then throughout March, April, we saw a, something like a 75% increase in demand for our remote services yeah. um, in that very compressed period of time as people prepared to work from home. Some you know, had never had any experience of, of working remote, remotely to the office. Others had a system that needed to be upsized to accommodate it. Um, yeah. So. So, you know, you, you had these people that suddenly we've got to do this and we've got to do it now and we've got to make it work. And then, mm. of course, then you're dealing with the fallout of that. And to be honest, I think that has carried on almost even to the to the current workload. It still is a challenge for many people. Um, the longer it goes on, I mean, who'd have thought a year down the line, we'd still be having this conversation. So, yeah, yeah I mean, uh, certainly it's been a, it's been a challenge for, for us and other IT retailers that I've spoken to as well. Mm. Um, as well as customers, of course, trying to trying to overcome the the obvious challenges that they've had. Yeah, I, I think I think you're absolutely right. It's um it, it's I mean in my experience, you know, over the past couple of years, we, we we've seen people talking about the the, the, the term the crowd 
has become more more common, I think, and people are asking about, you know, um, can I can I put this in the cloud or is it a, a, a cloud servers and cloud uh, applications and things? Um, and it's become quite a buzzword, but I think definitely over the last twelve months, it, it's. It's, it has brought about a, a change for a lot of businesses, a, a forced change, but 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 now has actually opened up people's eyes. I think a little bit to there are different ways of working. Um, it, it doesn't necessarily all have to be office based uh, or, or factory based, and you know obviously there's some practicalities for some businesses, but um, that the, it, it can 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 be different. We can operate in different ways, um, and and it's felt very much like during the last 12 months whilst we've uh you know it, it's all been about you know isolation if you will in, in, in um, and um and staying at home for, for, for all the all the right reasons but um actually in some ways we, we've been very connected and uh, because of because of technology i think um and because of technology but if we jump back to um the the, the term the cloud Graham, before we kind of dive deep into it, it, it you know, perhaps you could enlighten us a little bit about, um, it, it, you know, to the, there's lots of people that will be listening, I'm sure, that are, are familiar with the cloud, but also um, others that, that aren't. Um, and, you know, that, that question, can we put it in the cloud? What is the cloud? And, you know, could, what, what's, what's the considerations and businesses should think about could, could you give us a bit of a, 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 a an introduction to that concept so obviously cloud is a it's not just one technology of course it's, it's, it's a bit like saying the generic term transport transport consists of aircraft and boats and, mm. and bicycles and walking and cars and all this other kind of thing and the cloud's no different it's mm. it's basically infrastructure somewhere else so so typically businesses have a, an IT infrastructure where where an application, a server is hosted in their offices or, or wherever it may be. And it's moving some or all of those services out so that they are procured and hosted elsewhere. So yeah. as opposed to an office of 50 staff having everything in one place and they all exit from that place, a lot of people are saying, well, actually, you know, I'll procure and most, most typically Microsoft 365, you know, move, uh, that's been the first thing to move into the cloud. So you move it from your mail server into my, one of Microsoft's and you rent it. And, yeah. and that's the same That's the same with a lot of applications, whether be it, you know, an HR application, be it Sage, be it Zero, be it other systems where you procure them from a vendor and you no longer have access to it just directly from where you are. But you also leverage the benefits of being able to get from other locations. I mean, the printing industry, for example, was obviously very been very affected by that. You know, things like printing yeah. in the cloud, big drives within Kodak to do that. Um, the challenges, of course, that you've got with some companies, and, and printing being particularly the case, is you are tethered to a certain extent to a, to a location for production reasons. Um, yes, volume, yeah. But, but the cloud is, is multiple things to other people. But Tornhead's purpose is it's a server that's just not in your location. So it's it's still a similar technology, but yeah. somewhere else. And I think I think that's yeah. a really good, succinct description of it. It's just a server that's not there. It's somewhere else. It's a virtual yeah. server. It's, it's not physical. It's not something you can go and look at and see. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and it, so and it's, it's effectively an, an off-site server. It, it's not on your property. 
premises. Yeah. It's just somewhere else, and you connect to that via the the, 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 the internet. And, and, and there's definitions of things like a private cloud. So a lot of large corporates will have infrastructure in data centers where multiple offices will access it. They'll own it. They'll own the infrastructure. They'll own the connectivity. But it will yeah. be their own cloud. It won't be public cloud. So this definition of public and private cloud, public cloud being things like Microsoft 365. Um, and and that's basically the difference is, is I'm just going to rent it when I need it and consume what I need and pay for what I need. Um, and then looking at the challenges that it presents each individual business as to how they leverage that, whether it's suitable, because it's not always suitable. Um, so you have to put it kind of through. Generally speaking, you'll go to your preferred partner, your IT department and go, right, okay, well, if we want to leverage more cloud services, what does that look like? How does yeah. that work with us? Um, mm. And sometimes the answer is, well, actually, it's great. We can move 95% of our stuff to the cloud. We reduce our infrastructure procurement costs. We reduce our support costs to a point, but we move our cost base elsewhere. We we move it from owning to renting um, so that CapEx to OpEx cost base changes. And that suits a lot of businesses. Um, is it cheaper? In the long run, no. I mean, I, th- I, think yeah, I was just going to ask. I was going to ask yeah. that very question. Is is because often I think a, a driver for people for, for the cloud can be you know is it, 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 the thought that it's it, it's a more cost effective method to do it is cheaper. Is is that generally the case, Graham? Or? No, it's not. Yeah. It's not cheaper. If, if you if you look at if you if you analyze certain things in certain businesses, I mean. You know, if you take email as, an, as a great example, you know, if you if you were a five user company running a mail server might cost you, I don't know, five hundred pound a year or something like that. But but yeah. renting five mailboxes will be a lot cheaper. But when you start scaling, and you start renting your account system, you start renting your HR system, you start renting your email system, you start renting your file storage system, you start renting your ERP system. Although they're a bit like our home things. We all buy Netflix. We all buy Amazon Prime. We all buy this. We all buy that. And these little five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten pound things all mount up. Um, mm-hmm. So before you know it, your cost can be quite large. And some of the big cloud providers like Amazon Web Services and Microsoft Azure, they offer a variable cost um, option. Yeah. So you can't say, well, like, how much will it be every month? And they go, well, it's £150. They'll go, well, it depends how much you use. It depends how much data you've got on it. It depends what your throughput is, how many VPNs you've got. And that, as you know, particularly with the printing industry, you have peaks and troughs of business throughout the year. So you don't have yeah. a cost base where you own something. You know how much you're going to write that off for. But it might be £450 one month. It might be 900 the next. It might be 1000 the next. It might be 300 the next. So... Yeah, it's, it's entering into a world of, of, of to a certain extent, uncertainty, mm. but without that capital investment that you typically have to make in a, a five-year cycle with IT investment, which yeah. is what we typically see. There's a kind of a five-year reinvestment cycle with technology um, that's actually getting longer as, as equipment and software becomes more reliable, it becomes yeah. more scalable, it becomes faster. Um, it tends to last longer and, I, and that's one of the ironies of it it used to be a sort of three-year investment cycle that's moved mm. out to five and sometimes six or seven depending on what you do so when you kind of do that calculation and you say right what's my five-year return on investment on procuring it and owning it versus renting it 
typically mm-hmm. renting the rented model in the same way that if you rent a car versus buying a car, they'll have similar cost benefit analysis. But yeah, it suits a lot of businesses just to have that scalability. Saying, well, if we are 50 at the moment, but we go to 40, my consumption reduces, therefore my costs reduce. Um, conversely, if I go up, my costs increase. But that suits a lot of businesses to have that flexibility of, well, when we're really busy, we need more. So we'll buy more. But when we're not so busy, we don't need so much. So we'll buy less. So it's, it really is a, a, a there's not there's not a, a single answer to it. You, you've got to really look at every business in, as an individual. And that's what we do. Yeah. So we'll take the business and go, what do you want to do? What do you currently have? Also, leveraging what you currently have. There's no point throwing the baby out the bar with the bathwater. Now, if you've got something, well, can we use that? Will that help? Will it, is it something you still need to do on premise? So, mm. you know, the printing industry consumes huge amounts of data storage, generally yeah. speaking. You know, they, they keep artwork because it might be useful for a reprint or something like that. And they don't want to throw it away and they don't want to archive. And Typically, if you're going to keep that on cloud storage, that's going to cost you. You know, for each megabyte you store, there's a cost. Yeah. So it's things like that that will, you have to pump those numbers in and come out with, well, this is what we think is the most appropriate. And yeah. sometimes that's cloud, sometimes that's on-prem, and sometimes, but more often than not, it's a hybrid. Right, okay, so kind of a mixture, mixture of the two. Yeah. Um, I quite like it as well here, Graham. I'm picking up on... on um, you talked often. You mentioned the word kind of renting. So it, it, it's it's that that comparison of, of owning it, your own technology, if you will, or, or renting it. And I'm always seeing it like like leasing a car. Um, that 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 leasing it when you lease a car, you don't have the upfront costs, um, and you just have a, a monthly cost, which you know in this it normally would be uh, would be a fixed cost. But I understand that you're saying it could be variable in some environments. And then at the end of it, you then can you just kind of like you, you either renew that car and get after the three year period, whether you get a newer model um, or, or, or you, you can hand it back and, and decide to do something else. Um, it's just it's, it's, it's kind of on that model, then, isn't it really that you either yeah. you, you put the upfront cost and own it yourself for, and, and, and that's based on a, a lifespan of maybe five years or, as you said, could be longer now. Or you think, well, actually, we'll rent it out and then we don't have to worry about the lifespan of it because it will just keep on getting updated and, and, and that will, the, the, the provider will keep pace with the technology for you. To a certain extent, you're, you, what you're paying the premium for is, is to engineer out obsolescence. So, you know, whenever you buy anything in technology, whether you buy a server or a PC or whatever, to a certain extent, you're buying built-in obsolescence because that's yeah. what the vendor wants you to do the same as you buy a fridge it will last you x number of years so yeah. the idea is if you're renting a service that vendor will keep that service up to date so in five years time the service you're buying will be very different yeah. to the service that you originally engaged with or and more importantly the scalable you know if your business is growing you don't want to yeah. start off by buying by limiting yourself by procuring something now that might yeah. not scale in three years time and you end up having to re- reinvest so it's it's working out what that magic you know number is to make it cost effective. Yeah. Say well, yeah. you know, if we're fifty users and we're gonna we expect to be pretty static for that next mm. three to five year period, then procurement might be best. If you're ten users but you expect to grow but you don't know, starting off with the rental model kind of might also work out better for you. Yeah. Um, 
one of one of the challenges, of course, of of um, COVID, the dreaded COVID nineteen word that you said earlier on, mm. was, well, what if my staff aren't there? You know, what if my staff yeah. aren't in the office where all my infrastructure is? What what challenges does that present? And the answer is, yeah. well, that then brings in its own challenges because, well, if my office has for example, a poor connection to the internet, that will dictate the speed that your staff will have yeah. in their home working environment. You know, so if you've got a, an unreliable or a slow connection, that will that will um, replicate itself to those users at home. Will also have a slow and unreliable connection. Whereas with cloud services, the connection's pretty much guaranteed to be robust, and that will yeah. focus your connectivity experience based on your end users experience yeah. not a combination of the end user and the hq's experience so yeah it, you know it brings a certain amount of certainty into that without investing in a, in a heavy cost of an internet connection to overcome those challenges um, yeah i, um, I hear it so it's kind of like it, it's uh, what you've described to me there graham is it, it often i get asked about um you know future proofing that word of, of how can we future proof and and this this whilst that's sometimes an impossible task there are steps you can do to, to try and be more uh, future-proofed and, and it sounds like the the idea of, of, of a, a cloud infrastructure helps you towards that future proofing um but then also we, we you're talking there about um the the scalability of it as well that that um if you've got your server on premise then it's thinking about a change of circumstances that you then might have to invest in in, in, in uh, internet you know dedicated internet connections to make sure that people can connect into your server on your premises from wherever they are whereas what you're saying is if it's in the cloud that's taken care of it's then just down to having a, a, a typical standard internet connection from from wherever you are is, is that kind of the case yeah that's that's it and and with, right. with the printing industry looking at more kind of consumptive approach to their to their customers you know mm. where they they expect their customers potentially go to a portal you know they they want them to log onto the portal and do their reorder if they've got standard standard stuff that they reorder um and they want that portal to be available 24 7 one of the one of the attractions of cloud services is it is available 24 7 so the customer will always be able to go on and place that order the customer mm. will always be able to go on and see their artwork they'll always be able to go on and do something else yeah um, and, and and what you're saying is that we as that we, we're, we're not the bottleneck. Now our systems are available. They're fast. They're you know you can you can log into them whenever you want from wherever you want. So we're no longer the challenge. Now obviously if, if your customer has a challenge of connectivity, that's down to them, not down to you. So yeah. what it does do is it bring it leverages kind of that technology to bring it into um, the realms of 100% availability. You know we're always available. You know deal with us because our systems are always available. The challenge you've got, of course, though, and, and, and say looking at printing in particular, is if your presses are in, I don't know, Berkshire, yeah. um, and your cloud services are in a data center in London, the data's got to transit between the two. So you still have to have that connectivity to download yeah. those kind of artwork files back and forth, if you're particularly for doing you know, pre-production editing and this yeah. kind of thing. So the connectivity issue is still the same regardless of where your infrastructure is because you need that connectivity to go and access that stuff that your customer's given you or you want to give to them. So yeah. to a certain extent, what a lot of people have said is, well, if I've got to put the connectivity in anyway, 
if I put that in and I choose to host some of my services, by all means, not all, yeah. but I choose to host them, I can leverage that connectivity and I can save that money that I would have spent on perhaps cloud services towards that connection. And connectivity costs have roughly halved in the last three years. Right, so, okay. you know, once upon a time, a, 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 a high-speed internet connection would have been, you know, eight, nine, hundred pound a month. They've typically come down to three to four hundred, and yeah. which is an affordable cost now for most businesses where they are reliant on that kind of connectivity. Yeah, that in turn allows companies to then leverage remote access solutions for their own staff by saying, well, if we've got reliable connectivity. We can host those remote access solutions. We can give our staff access to our office remotely um, and leverage voice and, and video conferencing and file access and all the other kind of good stuff that we have. So actually it opens itself up and say, well, actually, this is this is an enabling technology. And I think this is what cloud has done is it's driven people to say, what's the key component of cloud? Well, the key component of cloud is connectivity. Yes. Without connectivity, you don't have cloud. Yeah, um, you can have the greatest cloud services in the world, but if you can't connect to them reliably or at an acceptable speed, it's almost a moot point. Yeah. So they very much work hand in hand, and that's what I was saying to you about the pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. If what connectivity have you got? What do you need? What do you want? Where do you need to contact or connect to, and where do your customers need to connect to? And you put all that into that kind of that that methodology statement and go, right, well, this is what we've arrived at. So we're going to put that there, that there, that there. And this gives us the best of both worlds. Yeah. Um, and that's why you need to look at every case um, individually because it's so important. Every business is unique. Although most people do the same thing, they have files, they have email, they have accounts, they have some form of management system. Generally speaking, there are certain nuances with what sort of system they have. And you need to put that into the picture. Um, and that's where, that's where you know, a system integrator or an IT department would come in to that and say, well, this is what we think based on our experience. Yeah, I, 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 I like what you're saying there, because it is very much about, you don't just work through one application, do you, within your, your business. And so whilst you might be able to get uh, an account package that, you know, like Zero, for example, that is, is is a is online um and, and hosted or whatever um that that gives you one point of access but then you've got to think about well what about the what other tools do my my staff need to be able to access and 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 i guess not all of them are uh are cloud-based systems or web-based systems that you can access so it, it, it this is where the advantage comes i guess in in the by by putting a cloud um Based uh, infrastructure in place that you can then you can then decide what is what is accessible remotely. Yeah, and the other challenge is, of course, is is that invariably with a multitude of different systems, you're not going to have one homogenous system where you're going to choose a provider and it's all going to be in one place. And you know, the yeah. usual example there, you know, if you typically take most companies, they will use an accounting package, whether it's Zero, whether it's Sage, whether it's Access Accounts. Yeah. Whether it's Microsoft, you know, Dynamics or, or mm. Business Central, as it's called now, or whatever it may be, they'll be hosted by different people. So then you have the challenge of if you have all those systems on premise on your servers, they can all see each other. 
yeah. by definition, cut, you know, supplier A doesn't really want you to see supplier B because supplier yeah. A is the ERP, supplier B is the CRM. Supplier A also does a CRM. What they really want you to do is they want you to buy into their CRM. So therefore, they're yeah. not necessarily going to be interested in allowing you interaction between a, a third-party CRM. Yeah. Um, so you end up with duplicate data or you end up with the, the, the interaction that you typically get between yeah. maybe a sales team versus an ordering team versus a management team. So you end up saying, well, I've got data here and I've got data here and I've got data here. And actually never the twain shall meet. Whereas yeah. if it's in your remit and you can control it, then, well, actually we can have integ integrity because they can actually all see each other and they've all got interfaces. So that's the other challenge that you have is, well, how much interaction is there between the different departments and between the different services? And that's what people are trying to do. They're trying to be efficient. They're trying to say, well, I don't want these to be manual interactions. I want these to be automated because it reduces my costs, improves my workflows. I mean, Printing, it's all about workflow, you know, all yeah. the company. It goes to it goes to pre-production, it goes to your studio for analysis, it then goes to the presses, and then it comes out and it goes and gets dispatched and sent to your customer. That workflow is very, very important to the overall productivity mm. and the profitability of your business ultimately. If it's if it's if it's disjointed, it adds to the complexity. Complexities lead to failure. And, mm. and, and this is the thing. So you have to look at that and say, well, what are these all joined up with? They're all designed to work with each other, but are they designed to work with each other if they're on disparate platforms? Mm -hmm. And that's what you need to work out. Um, yeah. So, and that's the same with any business, to be honest. You know, a CRM in, in a printing company versus a CRM in a, you know, in a, in a fish production company, they're exactly the same challenges. Like they want to get it into their customer database. They want to get into their account system. Um. But if they're on different systems, they invariably end up having to, well, that's quite a challenge, you know. So whereas if they're all here or they're with one vendor, of course, it makes it a lot easier. So you end up maybe making compromised decisions in order to suit a particular technology or a particular tier of technology like cloud. So yeah, um, it, it's one of those things that you have. And also, do those applications work well in the cloud? I mean, I'm an old school IT person. To me, cloud is via a browser. Yeah. That. You know, you, you cloud is effectively, you know, operating system agnostic. Can I access it via a browser? So, you know, Facebook's got an app, but it's fundamentally agnostic. You can do it via a browser, via any device. Yes. Um, and a lot of applications don't work well in a browser or indeed at all. So you need a third party product like Microsoft Remote Desktop Services or Virtual Desktop Interface in order to then access those services externally at an acceptable speed. Yeah. Um, you then have challenges of security, equipment, capability, performance, all these things that come in and say, well, actually, if I suddenly make that available in the cloud and I make it available to 20 different people in 20 different locations, how am I going to secure that? How am I going to stop people taking data? How am I going to make sure it works at an acceptable speed? How am I going to secure it? So that yeah. only the right people can indeed access it. So there's all these kind of challenges that then start, you, you start turning stones over and you go, oh, I didn't realise that or I didn't realise that. Or, mm. you know, that's not a challenge now because I know where it is. Whereas if I don't know where it is and I give everybody access to it from wherever they are, that opens up another challenge of security. So yeah. um, it, it's, an, it's, 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 it's very interesting. And when you start talking to people about what seems a, a simple solution, oh, we're yeah. going to go to cloud. Okay, what does that mean? I don't know, but I know I want to do it. 
Um, and, and that's when you start delving into the technicalities of it. Yeah, and, and, and so, and, you know, I guess, like you said earlier on, you, you, you've seen a growth in that um, over the past 12 months of, of, of people wanting to do that. And you, you've worked with some print businesses, mutual customers, um, to, to, to help them achieve that. Um, and and what, what were their drivers, you know, have you got an example, right? Graham? What, what were their drivers initially to, 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 to do that? Was it cost? Was it connectivity? Was it um was it to 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 give more flexible working um what, what the... I think it's all of those to a certain mm. extent i mean a lot, a lot of printing companies the larger ones have multiple sites yeah. so they might have production facilities in a different site to their for example their admin facilities um so what they want to say is well we want ubiquitous access regardless of where we are whether that's my sales team who are mobile whether that's my accounts team who are, who are now working two days a week at home whether yeah. that's my production team, whether well, they're always going to be in the office because they're probably in production, my studio team because they want access to graphic files. So what the driver has been is, well, actually, with this new forced way of working, a lot of people like it and they're saying, well, actually, I've seen my family more. I'm not commuting. I'm not yeah. incurring huge amounts of costs. But at the expense sometimes of the, the, the fact that there's a human interaction is in our psyche, you know, going into the office and meeting with your colleagues is something that a lot of people miss. Certainly, um, some people live alone. They might, yeah. you know, it might be their primary point of interaction, especially where there's restrictions in place restricting their social interaction. Work might have been an outlet for them. They yeah. might not have a working environment at home. They might, they might be working on the kitchen table, and they might have other distractions. They might have other things. So, so what most businesses have been looking at is to say, well, how can we take all that into account and deliver it? Yeah to our staff because they're important to us but actually not at the cost of the business being efficient um we 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 did a big project last year did a significant installation with you on a, on a company that went from having an older mis system to to Tharson mis and that was a big active directory upgrade a big installation remote access we completed that in january last year mm. um and it went live in February, and then you know, in in sort of April time, when they sent everybody home that they could, who wasn't yeah. production focused, that they were saying, "Thank God we did it when we did, because if we hadn't have done it then, we probably wouldn't have been out of scale and cope with the kind of challenges that we've had." Um, once business came back, you know, business fell off, and then business comes back, but they were able to scale that and go, "Well, good job we did. We had, they had multiple sites." You know, lots of people working at home. So it's it's it moves the challenge. There's always a challenge. As soon as you split up your workforce, there's a challenge, whether you have two offices, three offices, or indeed if you've got a company of 50 and they're all working at home, you're effectively looking after 50 offices. Yeah. Of which you've got no control over a large part of it. Yeah. Um and, yeah. and that was a challenge from an IT perspective, you know, internal IT and external IT is well, you're looking after someone who's sitting at home. They're sitting at the kitchen table using Wi-Fi. It's not a particularly good signal. Their internet's not that great. It keeps dropping. They're getting frustrated. They're not efficient. And so, again, you've got to look at that employee engagement. You know, got to ask people, what do you want? You know, what, what would you like? Would you like to work two days a week at home? How is that going to work with your voice services? How is that going to work with your, your well-being? You know, what's your environment like? Are you squinting down at a laptop screen? Do you need external devices and all this kind of thing? So there's a whole set of challenges just sending people home. 
um, if it's something that they've not done. Some people love it. Some people don't yeah. like it. Um, and some people would like it a little bit, but not to the point they want it five days a week. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. It, it's, um, it, you know, it, it's brought about everyone in the business is, is different and has different views on, on working from home, don't they? And, and um, for some people, it works really well. Uh, for, for others, it doesn't. And uh, some, you know, I mean, think for you, Graham, probably in, in a sales role and, and similar for me. Uh, as a customer partnership manager, um, it, it, I'm generally field-based anyway, so I'm quite used to that environment of if I'm not out on site, then I'm, I'm working from home. But certainly over the last 12 months, I've seen a shift in, in, in uh, everything's obviously most predominantly been online. Um, so I've been a lot more at my desk, but I'm lucky in that I've got the right and a fairly good environment. I've got a separate room I can use as an office, and I'm already kind of set up for that. Um, uh, but for other people, it has been a bit of a bit, bit of a change. And, and I was listening to a really good podcast a little while back that was talking about the you know productivity and um, this, this this idea that a lot of people found themselves to be more productive through working from home. Um, but then as, as time has burned on, they started to find that it, that's had more of an impact on them psychologically. And, and, and it, it's, it's often thinking about the task in hand as to uh, this task that I need to do, is that better, um, you know, working from home doing it? Or is it a task that I would be better in the office to do it um, and, and, you know, to, to be more productive? Uh, and, and I think that's that's where the... The flexibility now is is coming about in terms of as things start to open up again a little bit. That it's actually a lot of businesses are now saying, well, what 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 do you want to do? Um, perhaps it's that mixture of for a couple of days I work from home, for a couple of days I'm in the office, or for for these for these types of tasks we we're in the office. Um, I was only thinking about yesterday that we um, I was recording a, a webinar for Tharston TV. And now, previously, we've done all of these during the last 12 months. We've done them just remote, like me and you are doing now, um, over, over Teams or over Zoom and things. Um, but we did them yesterday. We went into the office and we have a little studio set up that we use for it. And, and there was the four of us there, all, all socially distanced the right way and everything. But it was such a different experience and felt so much more... Uh, you know, it flowed now so just because you can that interaction, that physical interaction, and being able to read each other a bit clearer. And, um, so that to me was like, well, that is a perfect task where if you can do it mm. together on site, then then it works really well. But I do know also that there's some tasks where it's just if if I'm sat at my desk by myself with no interruptions, I can get I can get it done a lot a lot quicker and get a lot more done. Well, I mean, I've been working at home 20 odd years, you know, yeah. and off, you know, a, a mixture environment, customer meetings, office. And I think certainly the balance is a mixture. I think, I think, mm. you know, you can have too much of one thing. Some people love working in the office. That's their job. They get up, they go to work. They have a line of demarcation yeah. between home and work. Yeah. Um, other people, as you say, well, I've got to get my head down. I'll do this at home because I won't have any distractions at home. Mm. And some of my staff, for example, have got three very young children at home that are running around going mad and, oh, daddy's at home or mummy's at home. And, you know, oh, you know, I don't understand your working, so they can't do that at home. So they've asked yeah. to come in the office because they don't have that environment of shutting themselves away. So, yeah. and it's the thing is, there's a massive disparity between what people have at home mm. and what what suits the business. And I think ultimately we have to remember that it's a combination of suiting 
certainly the, the staff member, but also what suits the business. There's no point having really happy staff if the company's really suffering and as a result of it, yeah. they don't have a job. So yeah. you have to work, do that work-life balance, I think. Yeah. But also if their experience technically is poor, then not yeah. all those benefits that you're talking about, about being able to leverage you know, working from home and, and getting your head down. If it doesn't work, it's all a bit of a moot point again because you think, mm. well, I'll go home to work and get something done and it keeps dropping, so I might as well just go into the office anyway. So yeah. I think it's, I think it's, it's again, it's, it's understanding what you can deliver to your staff and what suits them as an individual because yeah. not everybody's the same. And, you know, I've, I've got 42 staff, and certainly there's a huge, huge variance in terms of what people want what they're capable of delivering at home. Some people work better at home than others. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've got, I'd say, about 25% of our staff that are generally field stroke home-based. Yeah. But they do regularly come into the office because they feel that they like that interaction with their colleagues. Yeah. Um, and, and as you say, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm, I work with our sales team. You get, you can manage a relationship remotely. Um, you can't, probably as easily acquire a new relationship and build one without that very close human interaction, which we all yeah. benefit from really. You know, certainly so so for example, sales works some sometimes generally better in that mixed environment than perhaps yeah. a, a rigid office administrative role, for example, yeah. where well, all my paperwork's in the office. What's the point of me working from home because I can't access or they're taking confidential data home. You yeah, know, and and it's all scattered around their house. And do you want that? So you know, it brings in into this this challenge of well, if I'm going to have access to everything at home, I've got to have that electronically. So I've got to look at the whole digital office solution, yeah. which you know I need in order for me to do my work. So um, it's 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 a it's, I mean it's it's been great. I think it's great. I mean my 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 wife, for example, would never work from home. And she yeah. worked from home last year and she at first she didn't like it. And then when she went back to the office, she actually said to me, she went, I realized how much more efficient I was at, at home. But yeah. the overriding efficiency, she she missed the human interaction with her colleagues more than the efficiency. Um so yeah. she was quite pleased. So it's a it's a real mix. I mean, I yeah. think it's been great because it's been eye-opening for people. I mean, it's 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 something that's made people forced to do a disaster recovery plan. That's what they did last yeah. March. They vacated their office, you know, as if it wasn't there. And and that huge challenges for people saying, actually, our phones don't work and we can't transfer a call. We can't connect in. Or when we do connect in, it's really slow. So actually, it then brought new challenges about well, how are we going to overcome this? And that's mm-hmm. part of the part of the challenge that we've had as a, as a company, having to respond very urgently to customers' needs that they just needed to be fixed. So yeah. um, I, I say it's, it's, been an, it's been an incredible year in terms of technology and what people have done. Um, and I think that will carry on, to be honest. I, I think you're right. I, and I think, you know, whilst it's been very challenging in, in lots of ways, it, it has brought about this 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 revolution i dare to say that in in the it it's now it's forced people to 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 first of all actually have to 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 work remotely and 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 figure out a way to do that but now as we're coming through the other side of it um um you know as as an example of fast and we've 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 uh put out a survey to our staff saying right now we're thinking about 
as things start to unlock, what we do with the offices, you know, what do people want to do, um, and, and, and you know, what do we do going forward to to, to get their opinion? Because it, it's it's not just thinking about the logistics and the the technical side of it, but like you say, it, it's thinking about the the productivity. It's thinking what suits the business, what suits the the staff, and the psychological effects of it as well. And you know, I think from our results, we, we, you know, a lot of feedback has been that that people have enjoyed working from home, but but also want that accessibility to, to be able to on some days maybe come into the office, and um, uh, and, and and that's slowly started to happen actually. As um, and and I'm hearing lots of lots of other businesses that are kind of taking that that same approach, and and I, I think going forward you know we're going to see a lot of that that businesses have this kind of hybrid of flexible working and, and um i'm guessing we'll start to see lots of offices downsize you know do, do, do businesses need such as much space now and 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 and, and things like that um uh, i i and you know i, I think as one thing that certainly crossed, crossed my mind, I'm sure I know it has for lots of other people and, and colleagues I've spoke to and, 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 and members of other businesses is, is, well, if I'm going to work from home as a more permanent thing, what what do I need to do that? You know, the, the, the growth in, in building home offices has, mm. has been phenomenal, hasn't it? Um, because yeah, people, we've got a customer that does that and exactly what they've done. They've doubled in size in 12 months. I bet they have. I bet they because because it, it's and I think that is testament to itself that people see see the um, the permanence in this kind of going forward, um, but also it, 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 people do like the flexibility of of, of, that, of being able to work from the, the saving the commute time and 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 just being there. But it, 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 that's then about trying to create the divide, isn't it? To go well, actually, I want a proper environment and and. And, and somewhere that is separate for me to that's you know in my back garden or in, a, in another another room or something that I, I can I can just separate that out that that is my workspace to I think that's one of the one of the biggest recommendations from a uh, it, it is to try and um, from a psychological point of view is to try and create that this is my personal uh, you know boundary and put boundaries in place that this is my personal time this is my personal space and this is my my workspace um you know and um what uh, one of the uh, great advice i i got given in the union was um uh, was from from a friend who, who actually works as as a result of covid is now that works as part of a resilience team to help people and businesses uh to, to for their staff to be more resilient um in, 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 and build about resilience and one of the things that they talked about is is having like a ritual at the end of the day to go right this is this is the end of my day and it, it can be a simple thing such as getting changed out of the uniform you know uh, and, and into into your own you know relaxed clothes or whatever and, and obviously the ritual at the beginning of the day is that you you get into your uniform or smartly dressed um to, to, to put yourself in that mindset that this is this is work or it could just be that i tidy my desk away um that sort of thing so you know for me i'm actually thinking here that i, I, I want to i'm going to get a desk built that is almost like it has cupboard doors on it so at the end of the day i can just close the close the cupboard doors and go right that's that's my work put away now 
and, and still use that room for something else if I want to without having to think about work. You know? and, and I think it's having that small ritual. Um, it could be a big ritual or a small thing or, uh, that, that does it and, and thinking about um, you know, boundaring your time and things like that. Um, like, for example, um, making sure you, you try and get out for a bit of fresh air for, 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 for 10 or 15 minutes of the day or and things like that. And it's really important. Uh, you know, it's really uh, good to see, Graham, that, that when you're talking about this, that you, as working with businesses, that you, you these are things that you're considering with them. Yeah, and, and, and I think, you know, I mean, I've, I've had a, a routine at home where I get up and I, I go through the same process, whether I'm going out, whether I'm working at home and stopping for lunch. You know, you, you go yeah. out, you leave your work environment, you have some lunch, you have a bit of you know, half an hour away from it, you you then repeat that. The thing we've also seen with a lot of companies is that we, we've had about a half a dozen of our customers, they're, they're, for example, their office leases. And you, you talked about reevaluating what businesses need going forward. Mm. So if they're going to have 50% of their staff in any one time, so they might have two shifts or three shifts, do they need the amount of workspace that they are currently renting typically? Yeah. So we've seen a lot of growth in some of our customers moving to Regus and WeWork locations. Yeah. Initially as a temporary thing. So they've said, well, actually our lease came up at the end of June, but the offices were effectively empty. So we let the lease lapse. We've mm. taken on, and this comes back to this private cloud thing, we've taken over their infrastructure and moved it to one of our data centers and hosted it temporarily. So they can then say, well, actually, well, if people want to go into the office, they go into the Regus office, we've taken 20 desks or 10 desks or whatever it is mm. on a rolling 30-day contract or six-month contract or whatever it may yeah. be. And then what we're going to do is we're going to reevaluate in 2021, 2022 to say, well, what actually has has that worked permanently? So is that going to be a permanent addition or are we going to look at an office that's a, a fifth of the space or half the space or a third yeah. of the space going yeah. forward? And then they've had that kind of private cloud arrangement with leveraging their existing equipment. And then at refresh time, they'll then take that step and that analysis of, right, okay, well, it's worked well. We're now at this point, what do we now need to look at? So mm -hmm. what it's given people is the ability to then leverage temporary solutions um, mm -hmm. and say, well, that's what we can do. And also evaluate whether staff have been effective, whether staff have been challenged. You know, some people have yeah. you know, mentally, they, they feel very isolated. Um, I've certainly got friends who are craving to go back to the office because they, they, they miss that whole Yes. You know, yeah. you decompress when you come, when you, when you get in your car and in the car park and you drive home, you've got whatever your commute drive is, whether it's 10 minutes, or whether it's an hour, you kind of decompress from work. And that's what you were saying is that yeah. you shut the door, you go out the building. Whereas mm -hmm. if your laptop set up on the table and, you know, you're tempted to go back to it, maybe. And that's great from an employee, employer point of view, because you'll get an extended work out of them. But yeah. are they going to burn themselves out? Are they going to, send an email out when they're tired and they're going to make more of a mistake. So you do need to make sure that you do kind of regiment your working environment and, and encourage your staff in how to do that and help mm -hmm. the working environment. So, um, and also from a health and safety perspective, you know, it's, it's a legal requirement to assess where people work. Yeah. Are they, are they in a safe environment? Are they looking at a monitor? Have they got trip hazards? Have they got all this kind of stuff? Mm -hmm. Um, and so longer term, if you're going to set people up in that environment, you do need to undertake that kind of assessment and say, well, are you safe? Because whether they're in the office or whether they're at home, you're still responsible for them. Yeah. Um, 
And I think that's another thing that staff and employers both need to work on together to say, well, I want to do this. It suits me. I've got more quality work-life balance. I'm actually more effective. Yeah. Um, and that needs a bit of investment from both parties, whether that's an investment in a workspace suitable from the employee's point of view and from equipment to furnish that workspace from an employer's point of view or a combination of the two. So I think it's been, as I say, I think it's been an interesting exercise for a lot of people. Um, and I think that will carry on and it, and, and it, it, it will highlight weaknesses and it will highlight areas where there's been massive success, you know, Thank goodness we did that when we did it. And thank goodness we've got a scalable solution. Thank goodness we've got a decent internet connection because that's allowed us to really work and get, get to grips with it. I, I think you're right, man. And I think that that's a, you know, it is a, a really good place to, to kind of wrap up really in that um, the, we've been, we've been, business have been forced into this situation and it's brought about, you know, for a lot of business having to, to do remote working and, and, and quickly get into how, you know, some way of, of making that work. But now we're at a stage of where it's actually, well, right. Okay. Let's, 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 let's assess that. And what are the best bits that we can take from it? What are the bits that we can, you know, uh, that we need to to address and 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 and, and improve upon, and and I guess for a lot of businesses, uh, uh, you know, how how can we make sure that if this happens again, that we can very quickly switch our our operation? How can how can we how can we make sure that we can? You know, um, if God forbid this this happened again or something similar, that we we can we can quickly um, switch over to to everybody back to remote working and uh, and, and 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 continuation of the business. Mm. Um, and I think you know, with that, we're going to see a, a, a lot of a lot of change. I'm sure you guys must still be very very busy in that approach of, of businesses still wanting to now think, okay. What, what 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 can we do to make sure that we um we, we're we're ready for it if it ever happens again? Is that yeah. something you find? Yeah, definitely. And 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 you know, as as people start to kind of feel that they're going back to a sense of normality, as people come back to the office, it's important that they don't. You know, it's a, it's been a COVID war effectively. War breeds innovation, and it breeds yeah. change. You know, and it and it and it and it really does jumpstart change and innovation mm-hmm. in in that market. What people what people need to do is they need to use that momentum that's been gained to make sure they don't lose it because there is the spectre of another restriction or another lockdown. You know, maybe in the winter or maybe every winter or whatever it may be. None yeah. of us really know. You know, none of us knew twelve months ago we'd still be here twelve months later. So I think it's important to say, well, we've capitalised on that. We've learned from it. Let's take the mm-hmm. best bits, as you said. Let's make sure that that member of staff or those members of staff can also, if we need to, just turn it on, go home and work and, and, and you're fine. And the challenge for a lot of people is, well, we've all got desktop computers. Can't take mm-hmm. it home. So there's been a, I would say 80% of, of new PC sales in the last 12 months have been laptops. Yeah. So, you know, people have moved from that. I'm not going to invest in desktop computers anymore. They're uh, going to be laptops. So yeah. if this happens again, we've already got the equipment that that member of staff can then use to go home yeah. and work. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's the thing that we do, and that's what we're helping customers do. Saying, right, these are all your options. You've all you've all seen what works and what doesn't. Let's capitalise on what does work, and let's take that forward for a longer term solution. As yeah. the workplace changes, the workplace has changed. In my, you know, 
20, 30 years of working, it's changed hugely, you know, from n- not even thinking about working from home to, well, yeah, it's a natural thing, you know. So yeah, that kind to, of to the complete happens. opposite now of businesses yeah. thinking, actually, do we need an office? <laughs> yeah. You know, going and, forward, and, is that, that, do we need, do we need a, that, that office space or, or don't we? Um, I, I think you're right, it's moved, completely flipped. We moved into new offices in August 2019. Mm. <laughs> we, we, we moved to double the size offices and then for the large part of last year, they were mostly empty. Um, yeah. But we quickly realised that from the way that our, our teams work collaboratively, a lot of them work better together than they yeah. did apart. Um, it's a different, difficult thing to manage as well, people you can't see. Um, mm. You know, some people are easier to manage than others. And that's where things like Microsoft Teams, Zoom, and, and all the other kind of technologies around it saying, well, actually, you know, I, I only Teams in, internally. I don't pick the phone up very often now. I like to yeah. see my colleagues. I like to have, uh, have a chat. And it's very much made it a lot easier. And interaction with customers, you know, leveraging technology mm-hmm. like Teams with customer interaction is so much better. You get so much more out of it than you do with Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, there's certain meetings uh, or a lot of meetings and things like that that can be more effective just done online. But, you know, it doesn't take away that there's some that are better face-to-face and on-site and more productive that way. We're, we're finding similar with implementations, uh, Graham, that, you know, we, we often used to, when implementing uh, the Parson system, it would be a consultant on site and they'd be there for, for one, two, maybe three days at a time. Um, uh, and it was it, it had its productive uh, side to it. But it, the reality is, is that, you know, some of that time would have been lost time because the, the people were having to do the, you know, get called away to do the, the day job and run the business. Whereas now um, we, we, we shifted all our implementation to being online. Uh, and doing it as one hour, two hour, three hour sessions, um, and 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 it, it found that actually customers have got through, you know, uh, completed the implementation project a lot quicker, and it's been a lot more effective for them because that it's so much easier for them to block out an hour, two hour, three hours of their time and and, and be, be completely focused, and the sessions are more concise. We can record them so they can refer back to them. Um, and it's just helped customers to to, to get get live and, and complete the project a lot quicker. And and I think that, you know that's one thing that I, I am grateful for is that the 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 time that this has happened in um, you know because of the technology and infrastructure that already existed globally um, for us. To, you know, can you imagine if this had been ten years ago? Uh, yeah. that happened uh, you know how many businesses would have been able to adapt so quickly then um, and, and it probably wouldn't have been possible so I am so grateful for 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 the time that it's happened in the technological age that we're in that has allowed us to remain isolated where we need to but also at the same time remain very connected um, and, and, and like I say, you know, I think it's it's now we're at the stage where going forward, businesses can take the best bits from, uh, and, you know, learn from this experience, uh, reflect back on it, take the best bits, uh, look at the areas that we can improve, engage with, uh, with, with with the with the staff, with the business, and find out what's best for, for people going forward. And, and I'll, I'll look forward to seeing how that maps out over the, the next uh, next sort of like year or so. Mm, it will be interesting yeah certainly 
So, Graham, thank you very much for your time today. It has been very educational and, and, and very informative. You know, learned a lot about uh, the, the, the crowd in itself and, and the, the things that businesses need to think about. Um, so um, we'll put your contact details in, in our podcast notes. So if people want to reach out to you, they can do. Um, but, yeah, thank you very much. Um, and uh, for everyone who's listened, thank you for, for listening to today. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, if you have, please, please do rate us and, uh, and, and share and uh, share that with everybody you know and um yeah we we'll look forward to, to uh, seeing you back at the uh, the next inspired podcast graham thank you very much thank you bye-bye